Welcome to Monsters of Talk. Hello, I'm Margaret Cho. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I'm Jim Short. Jim, we're in New York City, and we have with us today somebody that is really an incredible, incredible performer and activist and um, just a star, a star, a star in so many ways, so many, I don't know, genres of being a star, so many incarnations. We have with us Justin Vivian Bond. Hello. When did I? I, I had known you in um, San Francisco as just as Justin Bond. Right. So when did Vivian, the Vivian? I hope that's. Uh, I uh, became Vivian, uh, Justin Vivian Bond, about two years ago because I started to really be a little bit more. Um, I guess you could say upfront and direct about my. Uh, the fact that I'm transgender mm-hmm. and I wanted a name that reflected both the masculine and feminine elements of myself. Right. So I added Vivian because I felt like people weren't getting the full story and I think people were sort of assuming one thing because my name was so masculine mm-hmm. and I didn't want to just take a completely feminine name because then they'd be losing something. Well, it is very... Justin Bond is very masculine. Mm-hmm. It's like very... Um, it re- it's like James Bond mm-hmm. or like... Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of like a Herb Ritz photograph. Oh, nice. You know, like a man <laughs> holding tires. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't hold tires. Well, well, but, you know, you could... You I could, could change one. Yeah, you could, you, if you could if you had to. And then you could, you could be like <laughs> uh, Janet Jackson when she did that Herb Ritz, um, you know, uh, what is she... When she did that Herb Ritz video... Uh, she she was black and white, mm. and she decided to like get really like cut up. You know, she got she lost a bunch right. of weight, and she was like, she's all in white, right? And uh, she was sort of in that Herbert's thing, and it was so nineties. So you could you could change a tire in that. I could definitely pre you know sort of act masculine. <laughs> I could be photographed masculine, but I don't think I could carry it off long term. Have you ever done that sort of? I I always thought of you as masculine in short bus. Well, I was pretty masculine just because I had short hair and I was wearing flats. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so... And I um, was making out with a girl. Yeah. And I, I mean, whether I'm feeling feminine or masculine, I'm, you know, I'm definitely more into the, uh, what's the word, active role in mm. um, sexual scenarios. Well, especially in that film. Have you seen Short Bus? No, I haven't seen it. Short Bus is John Cameron Mitchell's film, a brilliant film, and it, it really is... Um, I remember getting these group emails from um, around when they were starting to cast it, and he was asking people to come, all his friends to come to the set and actually have real sex. Now, did you have... You were you, you were really making out with people? I, saw I did you, really make out, but I didn't really have sex. Um, I stood in the scene where everybody was having sex and watched and more viscerally smelled oh, the yes. whole scenario right. with the hot movie lights, which was really real. Real, real. <laughs> real they were, they were doing, they were really it doing it. it was, yeah. I'm sure it was funky. It was sexy, though. Yeah, it is hot, you know, that kind of thing where it's they like people were, really were doing in, it. Yeah, they were really into it. And when he, it was very difficult when he said cut, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it was hard to just like, oh, okay, it will like, stop oh, to the next take. No, we can't. Every time he'd say, God, oh, I <laughs> kind of moaned. Did people have a choice as to whether they were participating or just standing, or was that your own choice? Well, I, uh, during the, between the time I was cast and the time it was filmed, he, uh, when I was cast, he wanted myself and my um, boyfriend at the time to be in it and he wanted my boyfriend who was a DJ to be the DJ by the time the film was actually shot I'd broken up with him Mm -hmm. and then I'd been through two other relationships and uh, neither of them really were uh, sort of 
this, the one I was with at the time was in a, a working for um, a bank, was working for, uh, what's the one that folded, uh, not Mar- Merrill Lynch? Mm-hmm. One of them that folded. Uh-huh. So he couldn't exactly be in a sex movie. Yeah, um, right. But uh, so I didn't have anyone, and I wouldn't have wanted to have been having sex with someone I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it is kind of a weird thing also to be... Um, you know, in that, that sort of environment and sort of like having to have sex on camera. Yeah, and I'm and glad I didn't, actually. Yeah. Because I got to uh, sort of establish myself as Justin Bond after years of being geeky. So it was great, but I didn't have sex. And I think some of the people that did, mm-hmm. that kind of became um, what they people think about when they talk about them in the film. Right. Whereas when they talk about me in the film, they don't think about that because right. I didn't do it. I just, yeah. like the audience members, stood and salaciously watched. Well, and also you're <laughs> in control of it. You're like the ringmaster and you're like, the, the there's a Joel Grey and Cabaret mm-hmm. kind of quality to it, which is a nice thing to be it in an empowered nice. position yes. in that kind of um, sexual chaos. But it's cool. Um, John told me... Uh, we're talking about the film later, and he said he was so proud because he ate pussy for the first time. Oh, I know. Film. I was there when he did it. <laughs> <laughs> How much of this could they show in the movie? Oh, they, they, they showed, showed everything. They showed really? everything. Yeah. Did it have a rating when it came out? Because it's no. so hard to get anything no. we you know, released. It. it couldn't be an act, an, uh, a SAG film because there was um, anal penetration. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, we couldn't get a SAG contract. But it wasn't graphic of the point. Like, you didn't see, like, something going into a hole, necessarily. It wasn't like that. It was, like, not, like, pornographic. It no, was different. No, but you did. But it wasn't pornographic because it was uh, emotional-based. Right. Emotion-based instead of, uh, I would say, uh, just and result-based. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about yeah. the money shot. It was about, it was about what was going the, on between the, the journal. The, yeah, the journey. Um, but John said that, yeah, he had eaten pussy and that it was poor scene. It was what? He said it was porcine. Porcine? What did he mean? Like a by pig? That? Like a like pork? Oh, for he heaven's was like, sake. He was it was it was he li- he liked it. But mm-hmm. he's described it as being I know porcine. he does really like bacon. When we go out for yeah. brunch, he always orders bacon if so, nothing else. He did <laughs> he did like it. But it's something porcine, that's such oh, terrible it's though. Porcine. I just don't like that for some reason. It's, I've never found eating pussy to be porcine. I've never I mean, yeah, personally. The I think other it was white more meat. <laughs> It's really the other well, white. Well, didn't go down on a white person, no. Oh, okay. Mm, it it seems to me <laughs> to be more of a seafood sort of a, a, a frutta de mare, <laughs> frutta de mare, mm. more more that Puttanesca. than Puttanesca. Puttanesca, mm-hmm. uh, more of an olive and, you know, anchovy. Yeah, I like that anyway. Me too. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. It's really divine. But it's, it's almost it's, like you're going to Italy more than anything. Really, in Venice especially. <laughs> <laughs> or did he mean more like a pig at a trough? <laughs> that, might, that might be his his identification. Maybe he might identifies the pig in the trough. That might be. That might be, <laughs> that be good. But um, rooting around, snorting for truffles, as it were. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's delicious. Mm-hmm. Now we missed your show, unfortunately. Speaking of, of uh, divine things, we missed it. How was it? It was fun. It's at 54, still going on 54. Next Wednesday and Thursday. You're there every... every Just for one more week. Then I'm going to P-Town. Oh, good. Uh, How long are you going there for? I'm going to be there on June 30th and July 1st doing my show, Mix America. <gasps> oh, great. And then I'm at Bard College, and then I have three weeks off. Wow. So excited. What are you, you going to do at Bard? You're going to do your shows Same there? Show, Mix America, and then, um, at the Spiegel Tent. Where, and you're oh, in the Icon series, and... I'm in the Icon series. Oh, but we'll miss each other because we're different weekends then. But what weekend are you? The 13th. 
Oh, I probably won't be there. Though. Jim and I are going. We're going to be up there. It's really fun. I did it last year. I, I think Fire Island is gorgeous. Me too. Do you go there for pleasure? I'm going to be there for pleasure uh, the last week in July. And then I go back out there the 24th of August to perform with Carol Channing. Oh! <gasps> I, I got all chills. Wow. I know. I'm so um, excited. What are you going to do with her? Well, I'm going to do a, an opening sort of set and then she's gonna come out and we're gonna chat about what it's like to be big tall blonde ladies love it and then we're gonna hopefully fingers crossed do a duet or two wow oh my goodness that's amazing yeah i love her you know she was in the 50s six foot tall mm. so i and carol channing mm -hmm. have the um we have the uh, similar experience of being very tall blonde ladies who are often mistaken for drag queens. <laughs> well, you know, you guys have, you sort of have that, like, um, Sybil Shepherd in The Last Picture Show or, like, Sybil Shepherd in um, Taxi Driver. Right. Like, well, you're working for a politician. You're, you're a Democrat. That's true. We're both very classy for being from sort of trashy backgrounds. <laughs> but you could never tell. Huh? You could well, never tell. You. Thank you. That's what bleaching your hair with an expensive hairdresser does. Well, it's good. It's like you're giving me like a lot of um, Catherine Deneuve. Oh, thank you. You know, a lot of um, just, but it's a softness. I, I don't, I, I don't really recognize that, that you're actually six feet tall. I don't notice that because to me you seem so demure. Well, you know, you, some people see a six foot tall transgender warrior, but inside I'm just a small bird woman with a fetish for muscle cars. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so you like a Eva, Eva Marie Saint in On the Waterfront? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I like her. I like, I like an On the Waterfront Eva Marie Saint. You know, Me too. Sort of, um, That's good. Or, or North by Northwest in the train with Cary Grant. Yes. Or um, Joan yes. Didian, yes. you know. Oh. With her um, Daytona yellow Corvette Stingray. And oh. That's my dream life. Oh. Gin and tonic and adopted kid. A grizzly <laughs> old husband and mm -hmm. just my own neuroses to keep me interested in life yeah joan didion is is, is pretty great she's um we're born on the same day so i you like her mm -hmm. wow. i like that i like her as a sort of a sagittarius role model she's really great mm -hmm. but what sign are you taurus oh Scorpio moon but i oh. do really love sag women mm -hmm. i'm obsessed with sag women because sag women are much freer than i am i think Oh, really? Yeah, because the Taurus, I'm a little bit down to earth and get stuck in a rut. And the Scorpio thing is very sort of mysterious and my emotions are all veiled and what have you. Mm -hmm. And I think Sagittarian women know how to sort of have fun and let yeah. go in a way that I don't. Well, we have fun, but I think at the same time, it's like we can get really disorganized mm. and forgetful and inconsiderate, which is a problem. Right. So, but the, I think in order to really have fun, you have to be kind of inconsiderate. I think that's true. <laughs> it is a good thing. Jim yeah. is a Leo, which is my favorite sign. Really? Yeah, I think mm. Leos are the best. I've had a tendency to fall in love with Leos. Yes. Because I find arrogance to be sexy. <laughs> but I'm learning mm -hmm. that it's not that sexy. Oh, it is. Not sick. in the end of the day. Mm. I like cancers too. Me too. I have a cancer rising. Yeah, cancers are beautiful as cancers well. Cancers are good, but they're so um, emotional. Which I, is I, I get real good. uptight when people start crying. 
And cancers Ooh. cry a lot. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they have those big watery eyes. And oh. I'm like, oh, God, don't cry, please. Only because I just don't know how to comfort people, really. Mm, mm, mm. Really? You don't? Don't cry. I don't know how to comfort you. <laughs> Wait, I think you really comforted the city with um, Kiki and Herb when you were talking a lot about 9-11. You know, I think Kiki and, Kiki and Herb was... Um, can you describe it to Jim? I think that it's um, it's not exactly... For me, it was not just cabaret. It was really an experience. Well, we played these... Uh, Kenny Melman was Herb, and I was Kiki, and we played these sort of been there, seen it all, done it all, cabaret, not even stars. We'd never really made it, but we'd never given up on show business. And so uh, Kiki, I think I tried to play her in a way that she was a kind of a, a woman who was a casualty of being... Uh, smarter than she should have been and more aggressive than she should have been in a time when women weren't supposed to be that way and how that sort of affects a person, makes them drink too much, makes them try a little too hard. And, uh, you know, but fortunately she didn't deny what she saw. So Kiki talked about things in this really twisted way that people could relate to while being scared by, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was very political, but it was also really funny and had a lot of emotional, um, I guess you could say, um, it was it was emotional. Mm -hmm. Cathartic, emotional. Cathartic. So the release, it was cathartic yeah. for the audience because Kiki could say things and, and put into words things that people weren't quite mm -hmm. willing to say or put into words for themselves while singing and being progressively more and more drunk. <laughs> and, uh, and I always liked it because I felt being sort of judged in a small town and a very religious environment that if I could... Um, say and do all these horrible things as Kiki. She was a bad mother. She was exploiting the fact that she was a <laughs> cancer survivor like you know, show business people do. Mm -hmm. She was doing all these sort of like things that are really looked down upon as bad taste or whatever and I thought if I can do all these things and have the audience forgive and love Kiki mm -hmm. then I've done a service to mm -hmm. the audience and to myself and I found it gave me and the other people who saw it a kind of a, a hope Mm -hmm. that there was an ability to progress. That was really the bottom line for why right. I love doing that. I yeah. Make people forgive themselves and others. Right. And then when you were here, I mean, you're talking about 9-11 and then, you know, being here through that disaster and addressing it mm -hmm. in cabaret and in, in this performance, like it's art and it's also cabaret, but it's also, you know, it's, it's also news. Right. It's like CNN. I saw a performance not too long ago with my... Um, I guess you could say, uh, traveling companion. And um, they were enacting a performance art version of um, the fall of the Twin Towers, and it went on for a really long time. And I said to my um, friend, I was like, the thing they don't realize is that 9-11 was a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> because... Looking back on it, of course, it was a horrible, horrible thing, and it mm -hmm. changed the world. But when I think about the actual day itself, in hindsight, mm -hmm. it was so amazing because I stepped through it, obviously, because I worked late the night before, and I, I couldn't believe it when I looked out and the towers had fallen, I, and it was so surreal. But then, you know, I went out on Avenue A, and I ran into my friend Anthony of Anthony and the Johnsons, mm -hmm. and... Oh, yeah. um, little Annie Bandas who used to be Annie Anxiety and she's a great cabaret singer and we were all kind of traumatized but we didn't know what was happening we all sat in a cafe all day mm -hmm. and we were just trying to make sense of it and 
fashion models were walking by in um, gas masks Ooh. and there was no traffic and it was so surreal. But looking back on it, you're like, what a, what an extraordinary day. Right. And the sort of uh, emotional connections that you made with people were really kind of validating and wonderful. And I ended up the uh, on the West Side Highway that day, that night, cheering the um, emergency crews mm. that were going up and down the highway, mm-hmm. you know, doing all this amazing, wonderful work. So as horrible as it was, what I remember most is the heroics and the beauty yeah. of the mm-hmm. emotional connections that yeah. the New Yorkers made with each other. Yeah. So when I look back on it, I think, you know, it was a horrible thing. But it really kind of gave me this amazing, I don't know, feeling about how beautiful people are. Right, right. So, there was it's true great. community spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a community that was probably, that's what was missing from that performance. Yeah, there was. That performance like, was just like. Uh, <laughs> dire kind of self-consciousness. Which that's so weird. I did a show that so night. Oh, really? On on that. I had a show scheduled in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there were calls back and forth like, should we do it or not? And it was mm. in the, in the, was up to the uh, the club and the promoter as to whether or not to do it and they said well we sh- let's just do it and see what happens mm-hmm. and it was actually one of the best shows ever because people just needed a counter right i know to I, what yeah. was going I on i was supposed to have a show that night and i was so upset that it was canceled i mean but the people that ran the club couldn't get in from Brooklyn. No, yeah. But mm-hmm. when I performed a few days later in Philadelphia, it was amazing. Because people yeah. just wanted a release. a release, absolutely. And that time period was amazing to perform then because I had people would come up to me and say, this is the first time we've actually had any joyous moment that wasn't heavy since mm-hmm. that happened. Like that whole month mm-hmm. of time. Not that, that, that my particular show was that good, but they... they we actually laughed and enjoyed ourselves for the first time without so the heaviness of that. But that night doing it in Berkeley, and we just we got up there and we said, you know, we don't know why we're here or what we're doing, but we just need to all be together in that's a room what, and talk talk, and, and, and have a, a joyous moment. Yeah, yeah. I felt, I mean, it felt good to kind of be uh, together. I mean, there was a moment in American history where we were all sort of together, just even the week after. And then it did sort of fall apart with... You know, Bush going after Iraq and um, the Patriot Act. politicized. Yeah. And, and it was really gross. Yeah. Like by, and by 2003, it was pretty ugly. You but know? I mean, it does, it did feed into a paranoia that Americans have. Not so much New Yorkers, but, you know, just this kind of uh, need to feel, I don't know, I guess, victimized in a way to justify a kind of paranoid behavior that right. is easy to indulge in. Yeah. And uh, I went to L.A. not too long, uh, like a week or so after that, because we were performing in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so funny because everybody was so freaked out that they were going to bomb L.A. Mm-hmm. And I um, really pissed the people in Los Angeles off because I <laughs> had just come from New York. And I was like, everybody's worked up that they're going to bomb the Beverly Center. Nobody's going <laughs> to bomb L.A. And I would say that. People in the audience were like, why won't they bomb us? We're a worthy target. It was so funny. All disappointed. I know everybody was going to bomb own, LA. Like, yeah. Why would a terrorist bomb LA? Nobody's going to fucking bomb LA. <laughs> no. It's, a, it's also, LA's too spread out and there's no landmark. No, there's nothing to bomb. What, the Grommets Chinese Theater? Yeah, bomb the Grove. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so like. But they were all. 
concerned that someone was going to bomb the Beverly Center, which I thought was hilarious. That's ridiculous. They're not going to bomb a mall. Yeah, they're not going to bomb the California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> And a P.F. Chang's. Okay, I got a P.F. Chang's and a, a C.P.K. Well, I certainly hope not, because I do like that food. I do, too. Mm. I really like it. Well, what are you doing What are you doing tonight? Now you're going to the Hudson Valley. Tomorrow, I'm Tomorrow. going to the Hudson Valley to see Suzanne Vega perform. <gasps> I'm excited. Ooh. Tonight, I'm going to a um, garden in the Lower East Side for a summer solstice celebration. Is that and tonight? The, yeah, today's the solstice. <gasps> yeah. And their, oh, it's the longest the, day? Um, Petite Versailles Garden, which is run by Radical Fairies in the um, oh. East Village. So I'm going down there and sit in the garden and oh, continue wonderful. my um, day of champagne and Prosecco. I just came from my East Village Ladies Club meeting. Oh. my girlfriend moved into a new house and uh, we were drinking champagne. And oh, we are drinking, drinking Prosecco. Prosecco. So it's a, it's a so, good way to continue. <laughs> well, for the summer solstice, bubbly. Well, what it, what it, the summer solstice is the longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we should celebrate, what do you celebrate in the summer solstice, really? The longest day of the year? I don't know, really. It's the beginning of summer, it's right? The it's the of official summer, yes. summer's kicking off, and, right? Yes, and from now until, uh, the winter solstice, it will be less and less light. And then when the winter solstice is the return of the light. So, Although yeah. I always think that from now until September, the days seem longer than they do than they have. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? It but, seems like there's more light. I know it does, but uh-uh. Oh, gosh. It's, it's so, when the sun is closest to the earth. So it's like we're, we're going to wane until it's like the sun is waning, almost. Yes, in the north northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Oh. Is the that why we have to adjust the daylight savings? Well, for farmers, they say. I don't really, I've never quite figured that because out. Because it's because of the waning of the sun, and so we have to There's to less and less with sun, it. so the, it gets uh, dark. It gets light later in the morning, and so they turn the clocks back so the farmers have more daylight in the morning to milk the cows and all that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Ah. So we can get our dairy. Oh. For those of <laughs> us who are lactose tolerant. <laughs> I just had a fla- a really weird flash of memory. Do you remember uh, uh, La something Justine? The restaurant? La Nouvelle Justine. La, La Nouvelle Justine. 23rd Street or and 14th. I saw you there. You, it was... It was God with Mistress Formica. Formica in in two th- uh, no 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 it was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it would have been a long ninety five or ninety six. And then remember when it was somebody got slapped and it was racial. It got racial <gasps> oh, that I night that it got racial. Was it Shaquita? Somebody got slapped. Everybody was always slapping Shaquita. Some some went, some girl got her. slapped and then you were like, oh no, it's getting racial. <laughs> and um. And like we've got to get out of here. And this was it was an S and M themed restaurant that was next to the Chelsea Hotel. Right. And I was Rachel was not somebody in the group, right? No, no, no. Her no, name wasn't Rachel. that drag queen Rachel Slur. <laughs> oh, no. Is that a real name? Is that a real name? Yeah, that's oh, brilliant. Her. That's brilliant. Oh her. oh her. Rachel Slur. Wasn't her. Oh girl. But somebody got slapped. Some okay, some girls. So Shaquita got slapped. Somebody got Let's tied just up. Say it was Shaquita. Somebody got tied up. And then somebody was slapping somebody. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I was there for dinner with my boyfriend at the time, and we were there to see you and Mistress Formica. Uh, that was probably the last, first and last time I ever performed there. Yeah, and it was it was like racial slapping. Somebody got slapped, and then you you I remember you saying this. It's getting oh no, it's getting racial. <laughs> and um, but it was a forty. They had a forty dollar dessert that you could get that was served a chocolate mousse that was served in a shoe, but you couldn't keep the shoe. 
Which, that's not right. No, it's... Was it, a brand new shoe? What kind of shoe know. be worth if it had chocolate in it? No, it's gross. Also. How clean was this shoe? Like, it's somebody's new shoe? I think it was Was it an actual shoe, shoe or was it like those pliables? Those bridesmaid <laughs> shoes. Ew, like a prom <laughs> shoe. Is it like a, yeah, totally prom. Mm-hmm. Ew. So it's uh, it's in a shoe. It's a, what is it? It's, it's a, a chocolate, chocolate mousse. mousse in a shoe. Like, what's sexy about that? Nothing. And it, it's like, I like a shoe. I like a foot, but it wasn't hot to me at no, all. No, but not a, I mean, a foot is different from a shoe. Right. Like, a sexy foot with chocolate on it is different yeah. from a, a shoe with chocolate in it. No. But I never quite got that restaurant. I never, I never got that restaurant. I mean, it was like, kind of like, it was a f- weird theme restaurant, kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde's. Or something like that, but it was S and M based. Right? Did they so, experiment with like different articles of clothing to like settled on the shoe, like underpants? Yeah, chocolate mousse and underpants. Like, <laughs> no. oh, I just don't look good. <laughs> no, don't look good. That's Let's a try whole a shoe thing. That's chocolate mousse and underpants. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just real different. That's that's right. somewhere right. That's yeah. But I think people don't want to. They don't want to eat around S and M. I think no, I don't think that's really sexy. S&M I mean, and food don't fun. go. No, I don't think so. No, S&M it's is not really like you go, are you hungry now? <laughs> you want to eat before or after? <laughs> but not during. That's like when we were talking to your friends yesterday and they were talking about, so is it in the in Thailand where there's the oh, yeah. the sex tourism thing? and but, but they got really good food downstairs at the one place. Like, I'm not going to eat there. Mm-mm. No, it's like this place that's where the cock used to be in the East Village, you know? Mm-hmm. And they like make burgers in what used to be the back room. I'm not eating there. <laughs> no, no. We know what we know you go there for well. one reason. Like I see people sitting out there and I think, no, there's no way. Mm-mm. 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 Did you, so did you... Let- and what used to be um, the uh, sex clubs and the... Meatpacking district, yes, or sushi yes. bars, and oh, really? I don't want to have sushi like the vaults and the Hellfire Club. Yes, those places. Yes, because I remember going there, and um, you know, gosh, and and I would never get to go there until like two in the morning because I'd be doing comedy shows, so I would never get out until then, and then I would go there, and then it was just. Um, just not even fun anymore because all the people that were playing were gone and then it was just kind of a bunch of guys Yeah, there. Lurky turkeys. Yeah, lurky turkeys. But did you ever do shows down there? I did no, a show I mean, down there once. They wouldn't let me into the gay ones because they said I wasn't a man. <gasps> what? They wouldn't let me in because they said I wasn't a man and it was men only and I didn't want to go into the straight ones because I just thought that would be creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. It wasn't good. I just wanted to go and, you know, play Oh, they were all different sex friends. clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were like different sex clubs, but they would also have different nights. And then one of them, uh, either the Hellfire Club or the Vault was where Madonna shot some of her sex book. Right. And I think it was the Vault. I don't know. They look kind of similar though and they were sort of notorious in New York, all over the world for being like, New York sex clubs, but really they weren't that now sexy. Now they only insane. have them in Berlin, right? They Five twenty scat, six o'clock, piss play. The they have it. Everything really regiment, regiment <laughs> in Berlin. <laughs> well, they, yeah, whatever you 2 want. Two p.m. You know, adult diapers. Yeah. Three p.m. <laughs> no, but they, and if then, you're late, you're just you're just an, you're yeah. a mess. No, they like fourteen hundred <laughs> adult <Yeah>. diapers. Sixteen hundred. <laughs> time. It's total military time. <laughs> it's um, very. It's very. Do they have like a schedule? And that's like, yeah. not train sexy schedule to thing? me because I don't want to be 
I don't want to have to be on a sexual schedule. I know, but it's no. also it, it is it does get pretty raunchy in Germany. Actually, the the city that I think is most perverse is Köln, Cologne. Oh, um, that's it's all leather daddies. It's a all leather daddy city. It, it, there's a small bear population, but it's pretty much a city run by leather daddies, and yeah. that's that's pretty hot. That's hot if that's what you're into. Are they scheduled? They're scheduled. You could you could you could time your clock by them. Yes, right. They, they come. You know, they're all they're all really. It's a very military kind of group, mm-hmm. but they're they're really lovely. So Köln, uh, I think, is a very uh, leather city. Amsterdam also. Right. Real leather. Do you, do you perform in Amsterdam? I've never. I've never even been to Amsterdam. Oh, it seems like you would do really well I there. I was supposed to play there earlier this year, but. Or Vienna. Do you do Vienna? Uh, no, I played the life ball. That yeah, that was that's, fun. That's 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 what I mean. I played mean. in Granau. Um, oh, is the what's that? Place of Hitler. Granau. 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 But they were lovely. I mean, you know. They well, Austria is Austria Hitler. is lovely. It's, so I had a great time there actually, and they I I did Kiki there, and they don't understand ironies, and they didn't really they they don't really have crazy, you know, they're not known for their great sense of humor, mm-hmm. so they just uh lo- they were into this horrible story of this tragic woman oh. so I didn't have to play it for laughs I just did it to make them feel sorry for me <laughs> and it was great well my favorite Kiki <laughs> they didn't, I don't they didn't want get your laughter I just want your pity thank you <laughs> no but Kiki was so beyond 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 great though because I, my favorite Kiki um, song is Lose Yourself Lose Yourself when you, well, when you do um, the Eminem oh right I forgot about that that's a great so one tight. Because Kiki does, I mean, and that is such a, a beautiful song for Kiki to do. Right. You know, and it, it's so lyrically astute and perfect. And it just really, really, agree. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Kiki and Herb fan. Do you ever think about doing, um, bringing it back for like no, some revivals? No, really, no. For a rock festival, maybe? Mm. Big rock festival? No, because it was so long ago and it, it was just, it was fun and. I mean, sometimes I miss it, but I don't ever think about bringing it back because I'm just moving forward. It's I was Kenny's th- now in the Julie Ruin with um, with um, oh God, you know, uh, from Leti- Kathleen Hanna. Oh, okay, he's yes. in her band. Yeah. So they're about to put out a record. So he's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. Well, I mean, you know, but I always think about like going back, like and doing like a lot of different bands. Um, we'll go back, like Bob Mould just did. Um, the Copper Blue Tour, mm-hmm. where he did the album in its entirety and then told stories in between mm-hmm. about everything. And I always think, oh, what if I did a show that was like a show that I did 20 years ago right. and then put in material that I used to do and then also um, just the build in like stories in between of what has changed since then mm-hmm. and what I did. That's cool. yeah, that would be and so fun. I think that would be really I fun. I have thought about that. Yeah. But not necessarily geeking her. Or just a, re- shows, yeah, yeah, like a retrospective mm-hmm. of your own work like built within the structure of you now. Right. You know, and I think people would really be ready for that. You know, and also introduce um, a whole new audience to... What you do, like, um, I think it's a great and valuable thing because you've produced so much incredible work that there's no way to really um, get it in any one performance. You know, right, you want to just true. sort of go, okay, well, this is what the history of this is mm-hmm. and what this means because I think that would be good to do. Well, it would definitely be fun. Yeah. So I always think about that as a project for myself, like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to you know, see if I can like take history and put it back in, like not to just like the Lemonheads did it. They went and they did um, 
they they did uh, like the, their whole record. Um, I saw um, Iggy and the Stooges. They did their Funhouse tour mm-hmm. where they did the whole Funhouse record. I saw that in London. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I love it when bands do that when they do the whole record straight yeah. through, which is fun. It's beautiful. I like to see. Uh, well, of course. With um, Pretenders, there was a whole <gasps> different lineup with every record because somebody would Everybody die after die. each one. <laughs> so I'd love to see, you know, the first Pretenders record or the second or mm-hmm. the third. It'd be great. I love all of those records. I love Chrissy like, Hines. Me too. I love her so much. I only saw her once. I, I've, I've seen her a couple times in concert, but I only saw her once out in the street with Nash Cato in front of Swingers in um, Hollywood, yeah, and uh, her zipper was broken and her pants wouldn't close because she had a little belly. So she had an open zipper, zipper that was broken and then op- open pants, but she was still so rock and roll and just really haggard. And Nash Cato, who looked from Urge Overkill, looked mm-hmm. just like her. Oh, <laughs> love that. They just look like these rock and roll crows. Not and they are rock and roll crows. They're like crows. They're yeah. like magpies. Uh-huh. And so her voice is so warm and beautiful and... There's a funny story. A friend went to, when John Kelly was doing Joni Mitchell, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Joni was there. My um, friend Amy Shoulder, who edited my book for the Feminist Press, was there. I think she was with Joni. She brought Joni, and Chrissy was a couple of tables away, <gasps> drunk. And John Kelly was singing Joni's song. And Chrissy goes, "Now that that's singing." <laughs> To Joni. <laughs> oh, shit. Which I thought was really funny. Oh, shit. That's a really funny That's thing. That's a throwdown kind of comment. But Joni doesn't sing like she used to. Well, you know, it's... She doesn't sing at all, as a matter of fact. She's her own thing. You know, In she's... Cigarette state. But she says it's... Um, from the childhood polio, that's where she can't sing. Oh. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's been smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, at mm. least, for 40 years. Right. Oh. Well... But, you know, whatever. I'm not judging. Whatever. I mean, it's... it's, it's She sang enough for me. Well, we should do... We should do... You and I should do a show. I want to do a show of, like, you and me can be... um, We could do Chrissy Hind and Chrissy Amflett songs. Chrissy on Chrissy. Chrissy who? Chrissy Amflett from the Divinals, who just died. Oh, right. Oh, I love her. (laughs) That would be fun. Well, they did some we of could each other's songs. someone else to be Chrissy Snow, and they could (laughs) come see. Well, (laughs) Suzanne Summers, why not? Chrissy on Chrissy on Chrissy. Yeah. But Chrissy Hind is a good one. Do you, do you ever do any of her songs? I have. Uh, when I used to do some at Squeezebox. Never in my own show, but it's hard to do her songs. I mean, I, I love singing them. I sing along with them all the time. I think you and sing them. You could, you could sing that could beautifully. It. Yeah, I can't. I think I did um, Mystery Achievement at oh. Squeezebox. That's my all-time favorite. Oh, Mystery Achievement. Yeah, don't breathe down my neck. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know what, the, the unsung hero of the pretenders is Martin Chambers. He's still and he's alive. He's the one that's still around. Yeah, still alive. Yeah. Very, very cardio, uh, the best drummer, best rock drummer. Yeah. And for great sure. sideburns. Does he still have those sideburns? Mm hmm. Doesn't let him go. No, yeah. But she looks great still. Yeah, she's awesome. That must be her veganism. Her veganism, and, you know, she's sort of all, always looked the same. Yeah, she had one of those people that like drew her face on from an early age and never changed it. Yeah, yeah. And she was in the um, Westwood, in the punk scene, mm-hmm. in London. The thing, yeah, she, she was came. around with the, near the Sex Pistols, yeah, Clash, all the, that era She's of got people. She's yeah. from Ohio to King's Road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was a rock journalist, actually, before she got in The Pretender. She, and then she dated a rock journalist named Nick Kent, who very famously like really recorded that time in sort of rock and roll history. Um, 
So she she had a lot of different sort of jobs before she figured out what she was going to do. And then she right. was like in England. Like I always feel like whenever I go to England and I like live there for a period, I always feel like her. Like I feel like I'm like Chrissy Hind living in London. Nobody likes me. Right. <laughs> I'm like the American girl Except living for in London. Vivian Westwood and that uh, the blonde girl from the uh, that worked in her <laughs> store. There's that great picture of Vivian and um, Chrissy and uh, oh god. The girl that starred in Jubilee, all three with their asses out at oh my the punk counter in, um, in uh, Vivian Westwood's punk store. What was sex? Yes, yeah, sex. So hot. Sex shop. So great. hot. Do you ever Chrissy's do like a Vivian ass. Westwood sort of like sex, that sex shop, like Malcolm McLaren sex, that kind of look? Like a real punk Well, I've look? worn her, her clothes, mm-hmm. but I've never done that. Uh, well, no, I have. Yeah, of course I have. How about, how about like a World's End? The uh, one, the, the period right after. after that, yeah. The sedition, with seditionaries, and seditionaries. What, and that great, uh, I've, the, um, the oh, I can't talk about it. I, I, I think, like, it's like I a, just tr- completely drew a blank. I can visualize <laughs> it, but I can't describe it. The Tom it. of Finland shirts. Yes. And that, that sort of, like, tartan plaid. Because mm-hmm. I love Vivian. She's been to my shows a bunch of times. I'm sure she'd love you. I, I think great. she's amazing. I, I don't know her, but I love her clothes. Well, she's the reason I, um made my own perfume because mm-hmm. I wore her fragrance and mm. then she came to see my show and afterward I was talking to her. She kind of got me in this headlock <laughs> and she started talking about Vietnamese orphans and she talked <laughs> into my ear about the plight of Vietnamese orphans oh. for about 45 minutes. Wow. And I had my face kind of in her decolletage uh-huh. and all I could smell was boudoir, her fragrance. Wow. And I thought I can never wear this again because it's so perfect for her and I'll feel like a sham in it. So I decided I had to create my own fragrance, and so I did. Ah, now, what is your fragrance? It's called The Afternoon of a Fawn. It's on, uh, I, I did it in collaboration with Etat Libre d'Orange, this uh, French perfume company. They mm. do a fat electrician, and they did Tilda Swinton's uh, fragrance, mm-hmm. and they do a Tom of Finland fragrance. Ooh. And uh, I told them I wanted it to smell like a touch of taint on the knoll at twilight. <gasps> like if you're in a fairy sanctuary dancing <laughs> next to a fire and you see someone and you go and like, can you can you say anything on this thing? Uh, you can say whatever yeah, you like. So you yeah, go yeah. like <laughs> fucking the grass next to a flower yeah, bed. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to smell like. And it does. <gasps> and you can't smell like that all the time in the city. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can do it if you're in the right place with the right bonfire and the right woods, but you can't do it on Fifth Avenue. No. But that sounds very elegant, though. It sounds like, um, you know, like... Uh, uh, what are that a Marion plot like Mar- like it's like a it's like a, almost like a like not a Herzog movie but a Fassbinder movie yes I hopefully like Mar- Marriage it's, of Maria Braun kind of yeah so I love that but it just yeah. rolls off the tongue oak moss and iris and grass and um, it's you know it's it's earthy but it's also kind of sweet and but ethereal <laughs> it's yeah like the touch the taint of cotton <laughs> just the, a touch, little... the taint of cotton yes <laughs> the touch the taint of cotton it's perfect it's exactly. <laughs> the last year at Marion Bad it reminds me of like a French New Wave film mm-hmm. you know it's it's a bit of Catherine Deneuve and Repulsion which is who you remind yes, me of ooh, thank you you're giving me some Roman Polanski Catherine Deneuve mm, some hands coming out of the wall. You're like in a shirt dress. <laughs> Just real paranoid about my own thoughts. <laughs> you know, you've got a rabbit in the refrigerator. I do, actually. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, it's so <laughs> Catherine Deneuve, and it's like, 
how did this rabbit get in my refrigerator? <laughs> You're going to give some lady a manicure and cut her cuticles right. off. Oh, girl. <laughs> That's true. That's the that I mean I love that. So your fragrance where is your fragrance available? It's available everywhere. It's uh, but the best place to get it is on my website cuz I get okay. all the money for So tell people that. about your website. It's justinbond.com and the fragrance is uh, the afternoon of a fawn. You can get it at Bendel's and all the fancy yeah. department stores but get it from me of and course. I'll send it to you personally with a little note. Oh, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want some. And then also where can people tweet you? Uh, Justin Bond, uh, Justin Vivian Bond on Twitter. Mix mm-hmm. MX Mix Justin Vivian Bond on Twitter. Okay, and um, that is like um, what it, sort of are you Facebook? You're like social media um, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Okay, because we want to find That's out where I keep in touch with you. Yeah, and thank you so much, by the way, for helping us promote the the Kickstarter for our of course. Video. Well, I I was really hoping Silas could join us, but he's in um, San Francisco. Or in LA, he's on the West Coast today. Yeah, he's gone. So he's gone. So I was hoping that he could come also and we could talk about it. But um, it's great that we get to see you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And I haven't seen you in so long. I know. But I always, every time I see you, it really makes a huge impression on me. And it's like I'm always thinking about you and I always think about your work. And I'm such a fan. So I hope that you know that I'm just always, you're in my mind, well, my heart. Thank you. Because I see, I see you everywhere. And it's shocking to me that we don't see each other more often because we have so many friends in common. Yes. And I love all the photographs that Austin Young does. Isn't he you. great? Yeah, they're so good. I love him. And I love you, and thank you so much for joining us on the Monsters of Talk. We have been Monsters of Talk. Um, you can tweet me at Margaret Cho. Where can they tweet you, Jim? At Jimmy Shelter. You can tweet us both at Monsters of Talk. You can um, listen to us on SoundCloud.com. We are every Monday, 9 a.m., live at, at uh, what, on iTunes all the time. Download us. Subscribe. 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 And um, we will talk to you next time.